there's a million food blogs, but there's only one you, and there's no other Sari Diskin out there, even though there might be a ton of people who share content in a similar way to mine. Hello, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi, welcome back. Episode 12. Yeah, episode 12. I'm really excited for this one, like we always say, but one of the reasons I'm super excited is because we recorded this like pretty long ago. I mean, back in May, right? Yeah. So we recorded with Sari earlier in the summer and we planned to release it a lot sooner, but then we just had a ton of different scheduling issues and Mia is now our expert editor. So it's just all the sound editing from the old equipment we used to use, but it's a great episode and we can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah, we're so excited. But yes, Sari talks a bit about moving and that has already happened at this point. So we're excited and follow along on her Instagram for all of her new life updates and house updates in Michigan. But She also talks about how we connected, which is really fun. We connected back in May, pretty soon before we recorded. I helped Sari make her Instagram gifts and stickers, which is fun and something new for me in the past four months. I have been starting to do graphic design and making Instagram stickers. So if you have any need for that, reach out. (laughs) Yeah, and you've made all of ours too, which is awesome. I love all of them. They're so cute. And you've made them for a few other people too, but Sari was your first client, right? Yes, Sari was the first and they're super cute. So yeah. Yeah, listening back to the episode, you just said so much has changed and happened for Sari. Like she moved into a new house, moved to a completely different city and everything. But I feel not much has changed like in general. It's been these past few months since COVID. I feel like everything's kind of just a little bit of the same. So it's all still very relevant. And it's just really cool to hear Sari's story, especially as somebody who has followed her on Instagram for a while now. I followed her before I even moved to Chicago. And then moving to Chicago, I feel like I don't know honestly anything about Instagram algorithms, but I feel like just the fact that I was always interacting with her posts because they became even more relevant for me with like some of the local Chicago stuff. So then she just started showing up so much and I got to go to an event that she had in Chicago and she's just such a fun, like relatable person. And this episode totally shows that like her personality really comes through. Yeah. She's so fun. So cute. So relatable. I love her. She just like brings it all down to earth. We talk about that, how she, you know, stays connected, but manages to still have such an authentic relationship with her following. And she really just opens up and lets you see her whole life. And she's great. She's so fun. Yeah. So what's going on with you? You just got back to the city today, right? I did. And then we're going to be moving in a couple weeks. So that's so exciting. I'll have my own move to document. And I'm so excited about that. So looking at a lot of apartment inspiration and buying a lot of stuff, (laughs) which is all expensive, but fun. Yeah. Moving always like the expenses just start to pile up. It's like at some point it just have to kind of like give in and just buy all the things you need. But I feel like it's so exciting. We've talked a couple of times on here about you living in a studio apartment and now you're actually going to be in a one bedroom. So you'll have more space. Yeah, we're going to have rooms. Last week when we recorded or when we recorded with another guest, Dan had to stay in the bathroom the entire time we were recording. (laughs) So that's a luxury I'm going to have now. Two rooms. Are you going to make him go in the bathroom the whole time we record our next solo episode? 
Yeah, definitely. Because it will be a relationship part two and I need some privacy. So it's stand to the bathroom again. Yeah, I'm excited for that. We'll be doing <laughs> the second part of our relationship episode in the next few weeks at some point. We haven't figured out exactly what date we'll release it, but that was like one of their most popular ones so far was the relationship advice to our younger selves. So I think it's just such a relatable topic. Yeah, and we were kind of nervous to release that because of course it's so fun to release guests, but those solo episodes when we dive into our own lives is a little different, but it was fun. I like doing them relationships yeah. are fun to chat about always and we really just skim the surface so there's a lot more to be said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely what about you you had a fun week in Virginia now you're back in New Paltz on the farm making some great food Yes. So that's about all I'm doing because Virginia is on the list of quarantine states. So when you get back to New York after being there, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So I am just kind of in the house, which is nice. It's better than quarantining in a small apartment. So yeah, making a lot of good food as always and just kind of relaxing. But the past week was really fun. I was still working the whole time. So it wasn't like I got to just kind of like lay on the beach all day, but it's nice working remote because I was able to like enjoy time outside and then come back inside to work and just be like a little bit more flexible. And it's so nice there. Like the beach there was so quiet. We are quarantining because it's like mandated obviously, but in my opinion, it's really not like that necessary because Mm -hmm. we really weren't around anyone else except for our family, but it was, it was really fun. And I tried something new this week. So getting back to our new things we're trying segment, I tried (laughs) siren snacks, which I had wanted to try for a while. I'm a big like bar and like energy bite person. I like buying like all different types of like protein bars and I like finding the healthy ones. Like I feel like I remember back in the day when I would eat like I don't know, I won't name names, but ones that were just like full of sugar and ingredients you can't pronounce and like it's not a healthy snack, but you can find so many healthy ones now. And Siren Snacks had been on my list because they kept showing up all over my Instagram feed and we ended up connecting with them over Instagram. And we're going to have the founder on as a guest actually in a few weeks, which will be really fun. But so I got to try a couple of their different kinds this past week. And I actually, I mean, I ate them so fast. Like throughout the week, I was just eating a pack like every single day. So instead of being a protein bar, it's actually like these little bite things, like these little bite-sized balls. And what I like about it is it comes in like this little pouch that's actually resealable, but the whole thing is like one serving size. So you pretty much just eat the whole thing and you can kind of like snack on it. I had it in the car the whole time on my way back from Virginia and on my way there. And I tried the turmeric golden milk the some type of like double chocolate brownie and then the chocolate chip cookie dough, which were all so good, but they have like a million flavors. They have some that actually have caffeine in them, which I'll probably steer clear of because (laughs) caffeine makes me really jittery, but they have a chai tea latte and a matcha latte and a mocha chip and so many different kinds. And we have a code for them, which we added to our Instagram highlight, which is all of our promo codes. And most of our codes are just mostly balanced. So that's what it is for Siren. It's 15% off. Highly recommend you ordering a pack. They do variety packs, so I would start there. Nice. No, I definitely have to try them. I'm actually supposed to have some delivered to me, but I think my package was stolen. (laughs) TPD. I hope it's down there. I want to see what kinds you got because I was on their website earlier just looking at all the different types that they have, and I'm definitely going to have to order some more. Yeah, I hope they're there. But I tried Recess, which is actually funny because you'd posted about it, but I forgot or didn't register that. And then I saw it in the grocery store and 
it has the cutest packaging and that's something that always catches my eye. So it was this cute little soda can and it's matte. It had a matte finish and it says recess on it and cute script and I loved it. It is a CBD infused sparkling water and I got the coconut lime flavor and it was so good. I loved it. And I love CBD. I love trying new brands of CBD. And I love that this had other adaptogens for focus and improving mood and balancing mood, which we love that here. So we have a code for that too. And I just ordered a whole sample pack as well. So they have the coconut lime, but they also have a pomegranate, a black cherry, peach ginger, blood orange, a whole like slew of amazing flavors. So you can check out Recess. The code is also mostly balanced for a discount there. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. But I loved it. Yeah, I, I love the packaging. It. I Isn't love the, the packaging. Pack- so cute. Yeah, it's so cute. And it's basically their Instagram feed looks just like that. Like it's a really cute aesthetic that they have. But I love that we both ordered the 12 pack without even talking to each other. We just both went and ordered the mixed variety. I'm excited for it to come. I did try it back in Chicago, but I actually thought that it was, I don't know why I thought it was a Chicago brand and I didn't think that it was sold anywhere else. But similar to what we said last week about our workout reviews, all of the brands that we work with and the ones that we share the promo codes for are brands that we actually like really love. So we wouldn't just be like out here trying to push products that we don't like ourselves. So Siren and Recess are two that we recently tried, we love, and now you guys get to order with some discounts. So definitely let us know if you try them out and what flavors you like the best, because I always love trying new ones. Yeah. And speaking of discounts and fun giveaways, we announced or will be announcing the Salt Drop winner today. So that's Monday the 3rd. So look at our feed and one person will win three months free of the Salt Drop. And then anyone who entered, we have a special discount coming your way as well. Yeah. And if you guys missed out, this won't be the last giveaway we do. So we'll be doing some more and we'll also be doing some more fun stuff with Salt Drop that everybody listening will be able to benefit from. So keep an eye out for that. We'll share some more exciting stuff, but this one was really the best giveaway we could have asked for. I feel like just because we love Dino so much and we love Salt Drop. And like Mia said, we both have friends that we've like told to take the class and they always love it. So we're excited about that. And one other thing we wanted to mention, which I think Sari mentions briefly in the episode, but we'll also link in the show notes to learn more about this. So Sari and Cameron from the Freckled Foodie are doing a micro-influencer program, which they started a few months ago. They did their first round and now they're about to be starting up a new one. So basically what it is, is it's, I think, I believe a five-week course that they do that um, they really like mentor. It's a mentorship program. So they mentor different people who are just getting into the space or trying to build their account. Even people who like just started their account yesterday and really don't even have a vision for it. They have a whole five-week syllabus, I guess, of the different topics that they cover. So they help you build a vision for your account. They help you build a community, like all those people who are doing it with you, you're going to be able to connect with all of them. They help you learn how to work with brands, just everything you need to know when you're working in this space and trying to basically monetize your presence on social media. And like we said, Sari is just like such a normal, real, like down to earth person that I can only imagine it's an amazing course. I think that she definitely has a ton of great tips to share. 
And everybody who did the last one, you can see when we link the website, but they have like a bunch of different little quotes and reviews from people who did the last program. And it sounds like it's extremely beneficial. So definitely head over and check it out. If that's something that you're interested in, I feel like it could only benefit you and really just help you build your presence if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, great. I love this episode and we hope you enjoy it. Hi, welcome back. Today we're here with Sari Diskin. She is a content creator focusing on healthy food and wellness. And you might know her from her Instagram or website, Eat Well with Sari. Yes, welcome, Sari. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you. Me too. I love being on podcasts. Yes, so much fun. I'm excited that I found Mia. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Such a great connection. So why don't we start off, maybe you can just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you are now, what you do, just like Sari in a nutshell. Okay, I'll try to make it like a a quick version. (laughs) So my name is Sari, I'm 30 years old. I grew up in Toronto, Canada, where I lived my whole life. I went to college not too far from there in London, Ontario, and I studied media studies and writing. And then I started my career in advertising after going to grad school for business advertising. And I worked in big ad agencies for three, four years before I decided to pivot a little and do my health coaching certification and start like a little side blog. And that really came from being in a job that I was really unhappy with. At that time, I had moved to Detroit So I moved from Toronto to Detroit after I got married, which was almost four years ago in June. And in that four years since I've lived here, I started continuing my career in advertising and then starting my own business at the same time. So right now I'm three years into running my own business. Although, as I just said before we started recording, it was not a business for like a year and a half. It was just something I was trying to grow and kind of explore as I was doing my health coaching and sharing on my blog. And I had truly no expectations for what it would become. But now it is my full-time job and I run it from home. I live in Chicago and I'm moving back home to Michigan in about a month exactly. So on June 23rd. So I'll be continuing creating my business and running everything from where I am, which is definitely my favorite part of working for myself. And yeah, I'm really excited to chat about it and share with you guys really how how it works in my life right now. Yeah. So you mentioned that you went to business school and focused in advertising and then had years of experience in the ad agency. Is that what you expected your career to be for so long? Honestly, yes. When I was in college, I knew I wanted to do something media related. I always had internships sort of in the industry. I always thought of myself as really creative and wanting to be in a business that was creative focused. And that's really how it naturally evolved. So after all my internships and graduating college, I decided, okay, I want to be in advertising. So I would meet with anyone and everyone that I knew through family or friends or cousins. And I decided that going to like a postgraduate business program was a really good way to get more hands-on experience. I feel like college is so general, even though my program was really specific, it was still so general that I didn't feel like I could walk into any job and actually have any technical skills or real skills 
on running business. I knew how to write. I knew how to think creatively and things like that. So I went to Humber College in Toronto and I did a postgrad in advertising account management, which was actually really hard. Like it was so much work like that year of postgrad. And through that program, you're set up with internships. Like you need to get real experience in order to graduate. So I did an internship at an agency downtown Toronto. I, I still remember like my first day there, they had like my name on like a little thing on my desk. And I thought it was so cool. And I worked on like a really big grocery chain in Toronto. And I literally remember so well, I think that was 2013 summer. I remember so well being like, you guys, Instagram is going, Instagram is huge. Like, I wish I can find like the deck that I made of like the importance of social media at that time. And I actually haven't thought about this in so long. So this is like perfect <laughs> that it just popped up. I remember being like, cause it was like food and talking about like one of their private label, it would be like Trader Joe's sort of like a private label company. And it was called President's Choice. And I remember being like, I look for food on Instagram. I always look for inspiration on Instagram. And that was 2013 at the time. And I remember pushing it so much. And like, I don't know if it really went anywhere, but I like took it upon myself to do like a weekly roundup of social media every week and talking about how important it was with food. And that was really around the same time that I started to get into healthy eating a lot. Actually, what triggered me to get into healthy eating was I watched this documentary with my brother called Hungry for Change. I think that's the name of it. And it was all yeah. about like the power of plants and vegetables. And it was very heavy, like juicing and stuff like that. I'm not into that at all right now. But at the time I was like, wow, people like can really heal themselves through food and really impact their well-being so much through food. And that really made me so interested. And then I started buying all these books and reading all these blogs and got really, really into it. So it was perfect that I was working at food at that ad agency. And actually my friend who I went to grad school with, She's also a health coach now and doing similar thing. She and I started an Instagram in 2013 called like Healthy Harmony or something. And we are kicking ourselves because we never kept up with it. <laughs> yeah. But we were like, if we had kept Healthy Harmony or whatever, or maybe it's called Health and Heart, we called it like Health and Harmony or something. I don't remember. Or harmonized Health. If we had kept that Instagram from 2013, our lives would be so different. We'd probably be like so big on that platform. Like, who knows what would have happened? I don't know. It's just like crazy right. to think about that. But that's like another fork in the road. Yeah. But that's really where like. Too. Yeah, 2013. Wow. You had your finger on the pulse there with the growth of Instagram and like the food industry. <laughs> totally. Like I remember when something Navy like Ariel Charnas did a swipe up for the first time. I was like, this mm -hmm. is going to change the game. Like even like then after that agency, I moved on to work at one of the biggest ad agencies in the world called Leo Burnett. So I was at the Canadian office and they're owned by a publicist group and it was huge. And I worked on a huge bank. And even then, like, even with the bank, I always thought like social media was so important to like humanize brands. And I just, mm -hmm. I wish I kept up with that Instagram. Well, actually I don't because then I wouldn't have what I have now and I'm so happy with it, but it's just so crazy how much the world has changed in the past, like seven years. Yeah, it's so crazy. And that's so interesting. That's funny because Mia and I actually met working at a publicist ad agency. We were No at, way. Yeah, we worked at Optimedia in New York City and we both still work in advertising. And it's so okay. funny to hear that that's like where your background, I had seen, I think on your account that you, your background was in advertising, but I didn't realize that that's where it was. That's so cool. Yeah. I, think I was an account person. So I started as an intern, then assistant account executive, then account executive, then account manager. And then 
I left before I reached higher than that. But I learned so much. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I'd be able to understand how this business works with the leg up that I have right now because of it. Just even knowing like the dialogue and how much media things really cost mm-hmm. and all of that stuff has helped me so much with my business, which really is primarily working with brands to create content. So yeah, it's kind of like I'm my yeah. own ad agency. Yeah, like, I do, it really is. I'm like the admin, I'm the creative, I'm, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. no person. It's just funny. Has it always been called Eat Well with Sari? No, it was Eat Well Detroit for a year. And originally, I've said this before, but I made it Eat Well Detroit because I just was worried to make it about me. But I love the idea of sharing stuff and curating content and just putting things out there. Like I had so much creativity to share. I remember messaging my friend like a few months before I started being like, I just want to start a blog. Like, I feel like I have so many beautiful photos and things I want to put out there. And I'm just nervous people are going to like make fun of me and stuff. So I made it Eat Well Detroit because I could make it a little bit about like healthy restaurants in Detroit and what to order, but also a little bit about me. And it quickly evolved. Like I started selling baked goods in the lobby of my apartment complex. And like, that's really (laughs) where I tested out my recipes and I made no money. Like I would spend hours baking and spend like $50 on ingredients and like all that time. And I would sell like $18 worth of stuff every week. So, but it was just like a part of the journey and putting myself out there. So I'm happy that I did that. Yeah, that's so cool. Have you always been into cooking and creating your own recipes? Was that something you did alongside being in school and working in advertising? Was that just a passion that was always lying a bit dormant that you were able to bring into your whole creative account? So I grew up in a house where we always had home cooked meals. Like my mom was an amazing cook and that was always a priority. And I didn't cook all the time as a kid at all. Like whenever I made dinner for myself, it was mac and cheese. Even in college, it would be like mac and cheese or grilled cheese. Or I didn't know that I was creative in that way, but I think I always had it, just didn't like exercise that muscle. It wasn't until I started getting really into healthy food and like exploring how my body felt and really getting touch with that whole wellness world that I started to cook. And I was living with my parents and I got really into like all this healthy stuff. My mom was like, well, if you want to buy hemp seeds, you can spend your own money on it. So like I wouldn't have like my own drawer in the kitchen. And I mean, at this time, I think I was a little too obsessed with that stuff. And now I'm way more balanced. But in 2013, when I was really getting into all of this, I had to cook a lot for myself. And that's really where I really exercised the muscle that I already had. Like I definitely had an eye for it. My sister's always been like an incredible gourmet cook. But then just like living on my own after that, I really just explored and found that I loved trying new things and putting things together and making healthy versions of things. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit that you were a little, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but you didn't want it originally to be about you. And that's why it was EUL Detroit. So did you feel ever like you didn't want to post pictures of yourself or feel self-conscious or anything like that? I know that's like a huge thing you mentioned being afraid what people will think. And I know so many people that might want to pursue something similar might have those reservations and be just nervous what people will think, or they don't want to show their face. They don't think they look like other influencers or other people in the space. So did you ever go through that? Or do you still go through that? Yes. So when I first started, I remember like deciding I was going to do it and like gathering content and my one of my best friends is Dale from Sweats in the City. And I remember texting her like, what should I do? Like, who should I tag? Like what I was just so lost and nervous. And she was like, just do it and just share and you'll be fine. And then you'll get used to it. 
So I remember posting nine photos on Ewell Detroit all at the same time. And then I was like, it's live. And then I posted to my personal Instagram, like, hey, I started a blog, like, follow me. And then I like couldn't look at it for like five hours. So I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like the shame, like the embarrassment and shame, like overtook me like crazy. And now, and I remember even being like, I can't post a picture of myself until I hit like 500 followers. And then I posted a picture of me wearing a shirt that said like peanut butter is my spirit animal or something. <laughs> and I remember I, t I held on to that picture for like a long time until I thought it was okay for me to share that. And now like, so I run a mentorship program for micro influencers with my friend Cameron, who's Freckle Foodie on Instagram. And this topic comes up so much. How do you put yourself out there? How do you like not get embarrassed and things like that? And I think even now it's way more common that people do this. And like, if you put yourself out there with confidence, like if someone says something behind your back, like that's so embarrassing or like, it's not even about you. Like letting go of that is really the only way that you'll be able to make it in this industry because there's a million food blogs, but there's only one you and there's no other Sari Diskin out there, even though there might be a ton of people who share content in a similar way to mine, but there is no one else besides me. So really making my voice part of it has been a huge factor in how I've been able to grow and how I've been able to differentiate myself and how I really like own what I do and keep doing it. Yeah. And now you've mentioned you waited until 500 followers to post a picture of you. And now you have tens of thousands of followers, like 40,000 followers. How does that feel? Having this huge following, this community that looks to you, that feels like they know you, feels like you're one of their friends. You have such an authentic, genuine voice. I feel like I'm your friend when I watch you are. all your stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are now. But what is that like? Um, sometimes it's weird. Like, you know, my DMs are pretty crazy and I get a lot of really kind messages. So I do feel connected to a lot of people. And, and a lot of the time it's like similar people who keep coming back and DMing me. So I feel like they're my friends too. Sometimes I'll respond to someone and they'll be like, thank you so much for responding. I'm like, like sometimes I don't respond to people's DMs when like either I miss it or it's just a heart. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to respond to that. But if you don't give back and connect with your community in a way that you're on their level, then to me, it comes off as like super pretentious. And obviously you can't, you need to have boundaries and I've been working on all that, but I think it's really important to connect back with your community. And so some days I'm like, who's going to care about this? And then like, I'll share a sweatshirt and like 800 people will swipe up. I'm like, oh my God, if people want to know where my sweatshirt's from, like, why do they care? <laughs> And it's just like, some days I'm like, what is going on? Like, how am I sharing this much in my life with people? I'm so embarrassed. Like, is my high school boyfriend know that I'm an influencer? Like, what's going on? And then some days I'm like, this is so cool. I'm making an impact. I started my business from the ground up. I support myself. It's like, I don't know, every day I'm kind of like shocked. Yeah, I definitely so don't take it for granted. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so cool to build that community. And like you said, you get so many DMs on Instagram and you get people like, I've definitely replied, like, where'd you get that? And like, oh, what do you think of totally. that product? And that's like the whole, in my opinion, a whole reason why you're doing this. You're creating content, you're using it as a way to interact with people, build the community, show people what you love, whether it's food, a lifestyle, a sweatshirt, like whatever it is. So I really like hearing that take on it. And I love what you said about how yeah, there might be a bunch of other people that are doing something similar, but none of them are you. And anyone who wants to start something, whether it's something similar or something completely different, like don't get kind of discouraged by the fact that there's already people doing it because none of them have your voice. So I think that is like a huge reason why so many people 
love your account and your blog just because it does have that authentic voice. And I'm sure you would say like, if you're not being authentic, then you're not going to build like a real true brand like you have because it won't be like a real voice to it. So I think that's really cool. And I think like anything you share, whether it's a fun picture on a Sunday with a one line or caption or a really detailed vulnerable caption or a recipe, whatever you're sharing, as long as there's some value for the people in your community and that value can be something tangible like tips and a recipe, or it can just be a mood and an energy and a smile, you know, that's value too. And that brings something to the community and people spend a lot of their times on social media. And I know there's, you know, mixed reviews about that whole topic, but well, especially right now, a lot of us are isolated, but so much of our lives are so on the go, like consuming content can be a positive thing and it can be an impactful thing and it can make a difference in people's lives. It's not all bad. It's not all comparison. It's not all fake. So I think being a voice that is real can make you stand out. And that's where I've seen has been such a big part of creating my brand is just remembering that. And some days I'm like, wow, I'm not on Instagram. I need to get off. I feel like shit. I can't, I stop scrolling. Like that happens to me for sure. But a lot of the time I just make sure that I'm consciously consuming content that brings me value in any of those ways that I mentioned before. Yeah. Even if it is like a cute pair of shoes, like that's value too. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, how do you approach days off? So it's definitely a challenge for me because so much of what I do is so much fun. And like, it is part of my brand to like, if I'm doing something fun on the weekends, you know, not necessarily in COVID time right now, or even in COVID time, like I share that because it's fun and I want to, and that's part of my brand to share what I'm doing around the city and stuff. So taking days off have to be like planned. It has to be like, okay, I'm logging off and I'll say like, I'm off for the next day or two and then putting it out in office on my email. I don't do that very often. Um, I did that for a whole week in December. And then since then, maybe I've taken like three full days off, but then there's days where, you know, I'm out and about, I'm going to work out, I meet someone for breakfast and I go shopping and then I'll start doing work at two. I definitely make my own schedule. And then on Saturdays, sometimes I'm working all day because it happens to be cloudy and I happen to have to shoot recipes. So days off are something I'm still working on. And I also try to like align some of my days off with Jacob's because he's a doctor and in his residency, his schedule is insane. So like if he has a random Tuesday off, like I'll try to either end early, like maybe three or four, and then we'll go on a walk or, you know, go to a dinner or order something in right now and really disconnect because he has the time. And I think like my flexibility is a gift, but also like a curse. So the boundaries are hard. Lately, I've been shutting off every night around 8.30, like without a question. And even if I still have so many DMs, I'm just like, good night. And then I log on after my meditation in the morning. So even little boundaries like that. But the truth is I'm really busy. And right now I'm busier than normal. And I have a good work ethic. So it's hard for me to not work, I guess. Working on it. (laughs) Working (laughs) on not working as much. (laughs) You just talked so much about how to like really prioritize work, but also make time for yourself. So as our account name and our podcast name is mostly balanced, we love to learn about how people do balance that work and life, personal and running what you have to do every day, whether it's shooting content or engaging with fans. So I would love to hear more just about how you stay balanced. Maybe it is stop working at 830 or meditating when you wake up. So are there some things that you have in your regular routine that really keep you feeling balanced? Totally. So 
I am a big fan of mornings. I love the morning time because I don't feel like people need me and need things for me so early in the morning, which is something that I need to work on because I'm such a people pleaser. And like, I'm the kind of person who responds to an email before you even send it. So like, I need to be like, I can respond to that later type thing. When I feel like someone needs something from me, I get anxiety. So the morning is very peaceful for me because I really feel like it's my time. Like I can have like that quiet time with my coffee. I'll do my meditation. It's usually like three to five minutes, nothing too crazy. I'll make sure I kind of ground myself for the day, make a list, and then I'll start with DMs or posting fun things on Instagram or FaceTiming my nieces and nephews or calling my mom or something, and then easing into the workday. It's tricky because the morning is also my most productive time in terms of like my brain capacity and my creativity. So I get the most amount done in the morning, but it's also the time where I feel most at peace. So having that morning, even if it's only 20 minutes before I look at my phone is really important. And then at night, finding balance is like, if Jacob's home, like having dinner with him, cooking dinner without feeling the pressure to like necessarily post or create a recipe, just like make it for fun and well to eat, obviously, and having that time with him without my phone. So I think that the time I feel most balanced is when I'm able to be present. And that's something I've been working on for a long time, just because I struggle with anxiety. But slowly but surely, I'm feeling like my balance is getting to a good place. And then also, like when I do a workout, I'm not on my phone, I'm really there. Or when I'm hanging out with friends, I try really hard to not be on my phone. So really connecting with the present moment is how I find balance. That's such good advice. And it's so hard. It sounds like easier said than done. Like staying present is so difficult. And even 20 minutes not on your phone in the morning or at night or just during the day is such a game changer for me, at least. But I'm curious, actually, also, so we talked a little bit about the community that you have through social media, just of the people who follow you and how they really view you as a friend and that you view them as friends as well. But I want to hear more about real true friends that you've made through this industry and through your career as a content creator and kind of like how that has worked. You've lived in a couple different cities now. So how have you navigated meeting new people, whether it's through this space or whatever it is? Yeah. So I love meeting people through Instagram, especially if you follow them or you have followed them for a while. You've A, you feel like you know them if you connect with them. And you just know that you like a lot of the same things. So I've actually met incredible friends through social media. That's honestly my favorite part of all of this. Like there are some people in my life, I can't imagine them not being in my life, but they're only there because of Instagram. Like when I moved to Chicago, there were like three or four girls I followed who lived here that I knew I would be friends with. And I like DM them when I got here, we all went for brunch and just it evolved. And now we hang out or not right now hang out, but we talk all the time and they're like really, really close friends to me. So it's taking what you can know about someone online and being able to see if that's really them and know if that you'll connect to them is something that I've found really helpful. And honestly, my life would be so different if I moved to Chicago and didn't have Instagram. Like the way that, you know, I've connected with people through events and how I've connected to brands that work here and made friendships with them. And it's just been a huge part of how I've been able to be social especially because moving to so many different places. Like where I grew up in Toronto, a lot of people don't move, like don't leave Toronto. So they'll move back after college and they'll start their life there. And that's just mainly because there's not a lot of other cities to go to in Canada. (laughs) And a Canadian can't just like move to the US. So for me, like being one of the people who had to leave that community and a lot of my friends still live there, I knew I had to put in a lot of effort. 
But when I first moved to Detroit and I didn't have the Instagram, I just met people, friends of friends and like people's girlfriends and Jacob's med school friends at the time and their wives or their girlfriends or boyfriends. And that's really how the community started. And I would go to workout classes and meet people through there, Mm -hmm. which was really nice. But putting yourself out there, I think, and not being afraid, like sometimes Instagram is a little bit of like a dating app, especially with friends, at least for women, I feel like, and just DMing and putting yourself out there. Yeah. As you were saying that using Instagram as a resource to meet people when you move to a new city, I was thinking how it functions so much as a dating app. Like it's so normal to meet a boyfriend or a girlfriend on an app and using Instagram as a tool to meet people just makes so much sense. And we mentioned going to workout classes and Carly and I always say that workout classes, it's such a shame when people just come do their workout, don't interact and leave because Carly just moving to Chicago, me living in New York City and going to classes with other like-minded people, like that is the perfect spot to just make these friendships. So I think it's exactly that, putting yourself out there and taking advantage of finding a group in a place that makes sense. Totally. And also a lot of the time, like I, there's a workout I used to go to every Monday at 7.15 here at Studio 3. And like, I'll only miss it if I was traveling and you see the same people and it's like this routine and connecting with people. I'm just like saying to this girl, like, Hey, I've seen you every Monday for the past three, four Mondays. Like I'm Sari, what's your name? And then you, you know, like it seems funny, but it actually is. So you just have to do it. And if someone isn't down to meet new people and they're like, hashtag no new friends, then whatever. That's (laughs) that. Like, you know. That's what I was just going to say. Like, if anyone thinks you're weird for introducing yourself and saying hi when you've seen them every single week, then that's their issue. And you're not going to lose anything by trying to make a new friend. So totally the way that I have met the few people that I've like become friends with here is through like workout classes or like little events, like meetup type things that people- You were at my event with Kim. Yeah, that was so cool. That was It was so much fun. It was so fun. It was, it turned out to be really good. Like, I don't know if we can ever pull that off like that again, but the venue and all of the like vendors and the food and everything like Bright Walk is still one of my favorite places. And I'm so happy that they got to be introduced to so many people through that event. It was so much fun. It was at um, Nomad with Mia. I've showed you pictures of this coffee shop. It's the cutest place ever. And you guys have- Bright Walk and you had Mush and all these like amazing brands of food there and the best swag bags ever. So that was really fun. I hope those can start happening again soon, like those types of events. But yeah, totally. I hope so too. That was one of the reasons I wanted to move just because I felt like I was so in my comfort zone and I had never lived somewhere else where you just like went out and like formed a new life, which you've like done a couple times now and you're about to do it again. So are you feeling nervous about it or excited? Well, okay. I'm very excited because we have a house that we bought. So that the house buying process was really crazy. And the timing for us was also crazy. Like we got so lucky. We started looking, I feel like people might be confused by my timeline. (laughs) So I lived in Toronto, moved to Detroit after I got married to an American who lived in Michigan. I met him at Jewish summer camp. And then we lived there for three years and he got residency in Chicago for one year. So we here for one year and then we're back in Detroit for the rest of residency. Okay. So that's the timeline. Like after that, are you trying to stay? Um, We're trying to stay, but we might do like a fellowship or he might do a fellowship in another city for like a year or two, but we love Michigan. It's really close to my family in Canada. His family lives there. It's a beautiful place to raise a family. Detroit is so cool these days. 
changing so much. There's so many good restaurants. Like coming from Toronto, I was like, I will never live in Detroit. Like I was really obnoxious about it like years ago. <laughs> and then I started to see the change and just the community there. I'm so excited to go back. So we're moving to a suburb like 25 minutes outside of Detroit. It's really beautiful. It's like a small town. Like there's a Lululemon and a dry bar and you know, it's right next to this town called Birmingham, which is so cute, but where we're living is called Beverly Hills. And there's like parks and, and streams and rivers and trails and so many lakes. So I'm really excited actually for that because yeah. especially with COVID and everything, like I grew up in the city. I didn't have a car till I moved to Michigan, like subwayed as a kid a lot, but I am really now excited to go back to nature and space. And I think a lot of people are reevaluating living in big cities. Yeah. Literally just talked about this right before this call that we both had the opportunity to leave the city during this time of coronavirus. And we just talked about how it's an amazing opportunity to live in a New York or a Chicago, but we both didn't realize how much nature was missing from our lives. So that's totally. awesome. You get to move and have this experience and a house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so decorate. excited. I can't wait to see how you decorate it. I know. I'm definitely going to be tracking all of that stuff. So for us, we need, we wanted to move into a house that was completely move and ready. It's a 1950s ranch, but it's completely renovated on the inside and everything is ready to go. Like what we have to do is like furniture, even though we do have a lot of furniture, a few little tiny things like adding hooks in the bathroom and stuff like that. And then like landscaping and a privacy fence and like window treatments. But other than that, and that's all really expensive. I'm like yeah. shocked about all that stuff. I didn't know. I did not know. But we wanted something that was like, we didn't want to do renovating just because we weren't going to be there. And we just wanted to get there and decorate. And that's it. Yeah. So I'm so excited. In a week yeah. today, I'm going. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's so soon. I know. How is your day to day going to change when you move? Like, will you be able to work as you work now? Is there anything yeah. that's going to change in your schedule? So once I get settled, we have our home office there, like a whole room that's going to be an office. It's going to be great. My kitchen is so much bigger. Wow. So that'll be amazing for me. Yeah. My day to day will probably be very similar. Once things start to open up. I have like all my favorite studios in Michigan. They're like all within a five minute drive where I live. You drive everywhere in Michigan. We can walk to a town, like a cute little town, but you drive everywhere. Yeah. So I'll probably be going to workout classes, meeting new people. I'm really excited about that. And working from home a lot. I am, once I get settled, I am going to look into joining a co-working space because before coronavirus, I worked out of WeWork since September and I loved it. So I would go to WeWork like three days a week. I loved getting dressed in an outfit, walking to work, getting to know the people at WeWork. Like a lot of other bloggers also worked at WeWork. There was like free coffee and like, I loved that. Like I really missed the working environment from being in an agency, like the collaboration and chatting with people. And so I'm really excited about that. Hopefully I can join a co-working space if they're in business when I get there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I hope so. Fingers crossed. I feel and like if they're not, I'm a big coffee shop person. Same. So it's the best working from a coffee shop. I feel like I've never really done the spaces like we work before, but I imagine it would be even better because you'll see the same people every day who are also going there. So it's yeah. really cool. I feel like we've talked a lot about like all of the amazing things about your job and it's so cool for people to hear about, but obviously you had obstacles starting it out. Did you ever feel like, like, did your parents understand it? It's such a generational thing. Our parents are always like, I'll say the word like influencer or something about like, 
I'll talk to my sister about people we follow on Instagram as if we like know them and our parents are always like, what is this like that your generation does? So were they a little nervous by the fact that you were quitting your job to do this? Yes. Like completely. And even now they're so supportive and they're like, wow, we're so proud of you. And they're so like huge fans of my parents. (laughs) But at the time I I left a really good job not to do this. Like I was doing the blog and the health coaching sort of on the side for fun with no expectations, but I left my job because I did not like the job and I was interviewing everywhere and every agency. I actually interviewed to be on the brand team at Domino's Pizza. Can you believe it? Because it's headquartered in Michigan. Oh yeah, I've been there to their headquarters. Yeah. One of my clients. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a really, really, really cool brand. But that's just like so not what I believe in to be like work there, which is funny. Anyways, I don't even think I got the job, but I just interviewed everywhere and everywhere was automotive. Like every agency in Detroit was automotive and I just like don't want to do automotive. So I got a couple writing gigs in the space. I took a part-time job at Athleta and then I was doing this course, like the health coaching course and starting my blog. And I was like, I'm going to see if I can build this. I have these skills. This is where my passion is. I'm just going to see if I can do this. So I had no income for like a year. I had like little things here and there, but it all went to like our living expenses. And at the time we had family help too, which to be completely frank, I wouldn't have been able to do this if I didn't. And then once I started to get on my feet and start to really build my business, like a year and a half in, I was able to support myself. So it just took time. Yeah. My parents, I remember writing them like a letter being like, this is why I want to do this. Like, I want to just try to pursue my passion. And they just come from a generation that's like, you can be passionate and do, my dad was an entrepreneur and you can do all that stuff, but you need to have some sort of stability and plan. And I kind of didn't. So I just kind of went on like a gut feeling and I'm not here to tell everyone that everybody can do that too, but it just kind of evolved that way. And I'm proud of myself for doing that, but it was definitely really hard. And I did not have a lot of people on my team when I first started. So you talking about that experience reminded me that you've been posting on your stories, maybe through the mentorship program, you've been doing the feeling of imposter syndrome and what that is and how you overcome that and stay positive and really confident in what you're doing every day. So I would love to hear your experience about with that. For sure. So some days I'm like, what am I doing? Like, how am I running this business? Like, why does anybody put any trust in me? Like, I just get in this mode of like, why am I doing this? Who cares? Like, I'm not really a brand. Like, what is going on? And that's really the imposter syndrome. I think so many, I had that feeling too in, at the agency. I'm like, what? This client's trusting this girl with multi-million dollar projects? Like, <laughs> but I think everybody has those feelings. And I think there is some truth to the saying, like, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And so once you start to get those experiences, you know you can trust yourself. So I always go back. So I always say to myself, how many things have you done like this? So many. Have you ever screwed up? No. Do you always get things done on time? Yes. Do you always deliver your best work and are people always satisfied with what you're doing? Yes. Like I just kind of talk myself through those questions and that really helps me get grounded or I'll call a friend in the space and be like, I'm having one of those days where I'm like, what am I doing? I suck. Like, who am I to be doing this? And they'll help me talk through it. And I've also been that person for a friend too. So 
I think like positive affirmations and asking yourself questions really helps. Like that question tactic is something like a therapist mm-hmm. taught me. I and mean, even my sister, whenever I get nervous or I talk to her about it, she's like, you've never dropped the ball. Like, it's not like this is someone's giving you a fifth chance and you keep screwing things up. Like you are good at this and you know what you're doing. You just have to keep going and trust yourself. And sometimes it takes hearing that from other people, but I am not immune to the imposter syndrome. It happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Are a lot of the brands that you work with ongoing partnerships or are a lot of them more of like a post once and that's it? I'd say it's about half and half. I do have quite a bit of ongoing partnerships. They're really a a big foundation of my business. For me, it's like stable income and we can evolve and grow and really like we can be associated with each other. And there's so much more you can do and the impact you can have on the content you create and the audience is so much greater. So I'm a big fan of long terms, but I still do like one-offs here and there. I'll get in campaign like, oh, this brand is doing a campaign in May for this topic. Like, are you in? What's your rate type thing? I do now work with a management agency, which is new in the past few months. So some of my long-term partnerships that I brought in and I have managed for a long time, like I still manage those, but new stuff that comes in and outgoing incoming stuff, she manages. So she'll do all the dialogue and the pitching and the invoicing and the contracts. And I just work on creating the content. And that's been really, really helpful to have someone else vouch for your brand and help you grow it in a way like that. So I'm really loving working with the manager, although I'm still kind of half and half with her right now. But I think eventually there are probably some that as they continue, I'll keep to myself because I've just been managing them for so long and I'm in a good groove, but I really like working with her and she helps me so much. And asking for help and learning from others is something that's really important. Like you don't always know all the answers. You never have it all figured out. And learning from other people has been like huge. Like I had that too at the agency, like mentors at the agency, even till this day still talk to. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Before you working the manager, was it a lot of the time brands reaching out to you or you reaching out to them? Like, was there ever a big brand that you really wanted to work with that you felt like so accomplished because you finally got a partnership with them? Totally. So I don't pitch myself as much. I kind of let more things come to me, but now it's a little bit more half and half with the manager, like without reach and Mm -hmm. stuff, but it goes both ways. I think like if you just find a way to stand out and also if you're using brands all the time and tagging them organically, like you're bound to be able to connect with them. And a lot of those brands will just be like, wow, thank you for tagging us and sharing so much. We don't have a budget, but we love to like send you product to enjoy like no strings attached. That's such a nice thank you because the awareness that I'm creating for them just completely organically is very impactful. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely is. There's so many different ways to work with brands in that way. Yeah. And I love when I see whether it's food accounts or influencers posting about things like while it is an ad or a promotion, you can tell when something is just so authentic and a product or a brand that someone really loves and uses. And I think that's the best endorsement of all when you can tell how authentic that is. And it's a brand that we know you use and love and all of your recipes. And now when you're posting out the ad, it makes sense. And it's a true endorsement. Yeah. And I think it's very tricky to find that balance. And like, I've never been called out for any of the sponsorships that I've done. There are some in the past that I've done that maybe I think back that probably wasn't the best fit, but you kind of learn as you go. And some of my favorite brands that I work with, like maybe I would have never thought like last year that I'd be able to work with them, but it just sort of takes that consistency and, you know, keep reaching out and keep trying and you just never know. So 
Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like we could talk to you about this for hours just because it's such a fascinating <laughs> totally. career. And also we have <laughs> such similar backgrounds with agency work as well. So I'm like so curious about like exclusivity and competitors and everything like that. But oh, yeah. I feel like maybe we can start to transition into our ending segment so that we totally. don't go on for too long. So we like to wrap every episode up with some rapid fire questions just to hear a little bit more about your life outside of what you do for work. So a lot of it will overlap just because of the career that you have. But totally. um, but yeah, Mia, do you want to kick it off? Yeah. It's funny because we covered so much and touched in a little <laughs> bit of our, our questions, but maybe just to tie it up nicely, are you a morning or night person? What's the first thing you do when you wake up and the last thing you do before bed? I'm definitely a morning person. The first thing I do when I wake up is drink a really big glass of water. And the last thing I do before bed is try to clear my head or take CBD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so important. Brand. I feel like I've seen you post about Ned. Is it called Ned? Yeah, I've been using Ned for a while. It's definitely, it does not taste good, but it works the best. Yeah. It's definitely good quality. Is there a reason why you take it at night and not in the morning? Is it because it relaxes you before going to bed? Yeah. I feel like my anxiety at night and just like my mind racing and my inability to calm down is much more prevalent at night. My anxiety in the morning propels me to be productive and, and it's like a more balanced version of anxiety, but at night it's definitely unproductive. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why. Okay, so two part question. What is one wellness trend that you love and one that kind of like drives you crazy? So wellness trend that I love is I like CBD a lot. I take supplements. I believe there's a lot of power in the supplements. I've been trying to minima minimalize my supplements <laughs> um, just to be like the essentials. So that I'm really into. Um, things I'm not a fan of are celery juice. Sorry if anyone here takes <laughs> celery juice. I just don't believe that there's one thing that's going to cure everybody. And although I think celery is very healthy and drinking it can be great for you, I don't think it's a magical elixir that can heal everything and some people it doesn't work for at all and it hurts their stomach um so i think celery juice is like super healthy just like any other green juice is to add into your diet and to give yourself like that good quick nutrients but i don't think it's like a cure-all thing so that bothers me yeah mm -hmm. and it's like like you said nothing is one size fits all like me yeah. talk about that all the time like mm -hmm. yeah whole 30 for one month and I loved it. But then two years later I did it again. And even being the same person two years later, it didn't work for me then. So totally. Yeah. I think it's just, it's been like marketed in a way that it's going to fix everything. And I've gone on and off it. Like I didn't like it and I thought it was so annoying. And now I'm like in a groove where I love having celery juice every morning, but I don't think it's healing my life. I just like, like having it. Yeah. So, and yeah. that's completely fine. It bothers me when, when things are marketed as like, this will do everything you need for you because not everybody is going to be mm -hmm. able to process celery the same. And also like, you can get those health benefits so many other ways. It doesn't have to be yeah. just one thing, but good yeah. One. Yeah. You mentioned your husband. So what is one must have quality and a significant other for you? Um, oh, this is such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I think loyalty. So like just mm -hmm. unconditional care and love and loyalty and meaning more for better or for worse, they'll be with you by your side. Yeah. So, love that answer. <laughs> and what is one food that you can't live without? Um, peanut butter <laughs> and cheese. I love cheese. Ooh. I love dairy. Great ones. <laughs> 
I love cheese too. You know what I've been wanting to try? It actually might've been you that I've seen post about it. Are those like wisp snacks? Those like- Oh yeah, they're really good. And Trader Joe's has a version of them too. Oh really? Oh my God. I love Trader yeah. Joe's versions of different things. <laughs> <laughs> what is advice you'd give to yourself 10 years ago? So when you were 20, what do you think you needed to hear? I think I needed to hear like that I'm good enough. I think I struggled a lot with feeling good enough and worthy enough of things in my life at that time. I feel that's so, so common of a 20-year-old too. If When we talked about these questions ourselves, that was very similar to my answer too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's wrap it up with one final question. So this is kind of a tough one and it can be a couple people, but who would you say is your biggest inspiration or role model throughout your life? Um, that's hard. I'd say like my sister is one of them. I have an older sister. She's only 18 months older than me. And she has just had her second baby who I'm dying to meet. Aww. She's always been very level-headed and loyal and caring to others. And I've just always really tried to emulate that too. So that. definitely one. And then I have a mother who's awesome and a mother-in-law who's awesome. And then also my grandfather, he's a retired now, but he was an orthopedic surgeon and really early, he revolutionized a lot of orthopedic surgery in his early career and became pretty well known around the world for his work. And just every time you talk to me, just always has life lessons. Like he always talks about like forks in the road and things you choose, things you don't. And he's just very wise. So I think I mm -hmm. always looked up to him too. I love I that. Hopefully I can see him soon. He's in Toronto. Yeah, I hope so too. I love that. I actually have one more question that I forgot to ask you. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite recipe from your blog? Yes. Oh, um, probably savory, probably like my curry. I love the curry. It's like a vegan peanut curry. And then sweet, the blondies I posted today are really good, but any of my banana breads, I just love banana bread. And I know that's basic, yes. but I really do. And my bananas are almost ripe. So I can test a few different flowers with some of the ones that I have because that's yeah. the most common question I get. Can I do this mm -hmm. with a different flower? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you are, I feel like you always test them, which is so nice. I try. Yeah. And like, I know that like if for one of them, you know, almond flour works, you have to add a little more, you can try mm -hmm. it. I'll always tell people like, I haven't specifically tried that myself yet, but I've seen other people try it. So go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me and I were just saying that in the beginning of this time at home, like during COVID, we were trying a million different recipes, so many different things. But now we've kind of like fallen into like the same, making the same thing every week, the ones that we love. And we are loving your cinnamon swirl, mm -hmm. banana bread, making it Thank a muffin. Thank you. Oh my God, it's so good. I think <laughs> I made them yesterday. I know, yeah. I saw with my nieces. They're calling them Mimi muffins. So sorry, Sari. <laughs> oh, that's so cute though. I love it. That makes me so happy. Okay. So let's wrap up by you telling everybody where to find you. So we mentioned it a few times. We'll link it in the show notes, but tell everybody your Instagram handle and your blog. For sure. So my Instagram handle is eatwellwithsari and my blog is eatwellwithsari.com and everywhere else I'm also eatwellwithsari, but those are my main channels. On TikTok too? <laughs> yeah, I I had to like, I've taken like a three week break from TikTok just because I don't, I need to figure out how to use it for my brand and not just like for fun dancing. And also I feel myself just getting lost in a hole of like mm. 16 year olds dancing and it just bothered me. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm kind of off TikTok for a bit, but I'll probably be back on soon. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't checked it out yet, but I'll see people posting their TikTok videos on their Instagram and I find them entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely creative. There's a lot of fun stuff you could do on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and soon so 
You'll find Sari's Instagram sticker searchable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to check that. I'll send you a text. Yes. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. I always feel like we could talk forever. I yes. know. Well, we'll have to do a part two eventually. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, find us on Instagram at mostly underscore balance. And if you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and tune in next week for another great guest.